And I said this to myself, I made a promise that the next person that I'm serious with, I'm going to put everything I have into that relationship to make Mm -hmm. it work. I was definitely like not in a tolerating space for like any foolishness, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate. A dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couples Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different So we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guest, Akita and Letitia, how are you guys doing today? We are doing good. good. Yeah, thank you guys uh, for for having us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Well, (laughs) let's, uh, let's get into your story, guys. And before we do that, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves. How old are you? What do you do for a living? And how long have you been together? So uh, again, my name is Akita. Um, I am 39 years old. And currently, um, there's a few things going on with me. Um, We own a couple of uh, different businesses that we do uh, together. Uh, Also work as a, a counselor at a university, where I help students, you know, kind of guide them through uh, their professional goals and career goals. And we've been together for 12 years. It'll make 13 in March. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about that, <laughs> planning for it. I don't know if we'll be able to go away because we don't know what's going to happen with the uh, pandemic and everything. But I so hope we can. Yeah, it's, it's way over. We've been here. talking about Jamaica, you know, good place to go, but <laughs> Ooh, we'll see. Fun. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're kind of hurting here. We travel a lot and mm-hmm. so we're missing it. Yeah, us too. Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. What about you, Leticia? And um, I'm Leticia. I am 43 years old, and um, I am the host of a podcast entitled Boss Ladies Connect. And I work on multiple businesses with my husband, and um, just really passionate about helping women move past their fears and really just walking in purpose. And so um, I do a lot of other events and online virtual communities I have mm-hmm. where we kind of connect in that way. That's great. We're going to ask you more about that later in the podcast. <laughs> but can you first tell us a story of how you guys met? So uh, he has one version. <laughs> <laughs> she 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 just, uh, you know, as soon as she saw me, she was just so awestruck and, you know, and uh, just drawn drawn to me. No, but uh, we, we met actually in, in church um, and we were both kind of uh, looking for um, additional ways to make money. And we got involved in, what was the name of the, it was, a, it was like an a insurance, life insurance company. Yeah. yeah, it was an insurance company. And 
we started working together in, in trying to develop the whole pyramid thing. Uh, so in our times together, we developed a, a good working relationship that turned into a friendship and that turned into what I was you, trying to bring him on my now. team. I was trying to help him build, help yeah. me build my. Yeah, her, her team, her team <laughs> meeting her husband. That was. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah. you were looking for a downline. That's what yeah. you were looking for. <laughs> I was trying to move up the the, the ladder. That's what was, what was anyways, we did, we did, we did. We met in church and yeah. And I was just trying to recruit. It sounds so bad. <laughs> yeah. I was, you see how it's all starting to come together. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you just didn't know what you were recruiting. Exactly. 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 And what was it about the other person that you fell in love with? Well, I was coming out of a divorce. And so I was very much um, in a space where I just, I needed not only, I would say attention, but I needed a certain kind of um, uh, gentleness and just a lot of patience. And um, and so he was definitely providing that for me. Um yeah, I would say that that was probably, and he's very spontaneous. I was very like rigid and like structured because we were, I was taking her everywhere. We went to the city like once a week, you know, just going on dates and yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because I'm younger than her at the time when we got married, I was like still in my twenties and she was, you know, kind of in, you know, in her thirties. So I was like still coming out of that, you know, let's go out, let's do things. Let's kind of enjoy life. And I think that was refreshing for her coming out of the, the kind of toxic situation that, that she was in. So yeah. And I was a at the time a single mother. Yeah. So everything was just like, you know, we gotta I gotta get you here. I gotta get you there. And yeah. it was really no me time. And so it was it was definitely like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. How long into the relationship uh did he meet your do you have boy girl? Three girls. Three girls. At, at what point did you introduce him? Well, he actually knew them because we went to the same church. So mm -hmm. it wasn't really a. No, I think <laughs> once they started kind of seeing me come around a lot more, then it was kind of like, you know, well, is what's going on, mommy? Is this just your friend? <laughs> is this your business partner? Like, you know, be real with us. Yeah, it was it was. He has a son. And so they all kind of like everybody kind of knew each other. So yeah. we didn't really have to have the conversation right off the bat when we were doing things together with other people. So it wasn't really um, I, don't, I don't remember us really having to have that conversation up front until until we started going into like the engagement space. And then we started yeah. talking about it. Now, Akita, were you married prior also? So no, it's uh, my first and only marriage. Okay. <laughs> and how old was your child? Uh, at the time, he was what, nine. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was nine. Um, so at total, we have five kids. We have she has the three girls. I have one son, and then we have one son together. Um, but at the time, he was nine, and like she said, the kids kind of were already around each other anyway from church. Um, it wasn't until like we really got serious with dating and. I would stop by and the girls would be like, oh, I smell this cologne. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but I think I think they kind of got the idea of what was going on. So, yeah. 
And what was it about the other person you fell in love with? It was this, I think the spontaneity and the patience and Mm -hmm. the, um, it's very, very funny, very funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I, for me, I just, I think I had came from such a dry place of just not really having fun, right. Not really enjoying life. And he brought that, like that light to the, I feel like I'm, I'm like being <laughs> light to the darkness, but really, that, that's really what it was. Like a, it, it yeah. was just a fresh breath of light that that he brought. And then we, of course, had the same values, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, which and is so, big. Yeah, yeah. And I think for me, um, she was always been. A, she she's a strong woman, you know. Regardless of the things that she's been through with her previous marriage and that transition, she's always been very strong. She's always been very understanding and very focused. And even though I was was at a younger age than her, I kind of had the same goals and values too. Like I wasn't trying to, you know, get involved with drama or, you know, you know, just a a situation where nobody knew where it was going. Mm -hmm. So she knew what she wanted and that attracted, you know, me to her. Um, and yeah, we just, we really connect very well on so many different levels. So well, it was like, he was ready and yeah, I was ready at the same time. What's your age difference again? Four years, five, five years, five years. Five years. Okay. Yeah. And who was interested in who first? I mean, Akita, were you romantically interested in her initially? So um, I would like to say she was interested in me first. <laughs> But um, I mean, if you replay the tape, Ray, uh, I, it would probably be, it would probably look as though I was uh, interested in her uh, first. But no, I mean, my wife is beautiful. And that was like the first scene that kind of uh, attracted me to her, you know, because we're drawn to what we see. And uh, then I started to know about her mind and conversation and her dreams and aspirations. Like those are the things that it made me really say, I want to spend the rest of my life, you know, with this person. So did you, either of you have concerns about your age differences and how has that played out over the years? Hmm. I think initially I was like, I just felt, I felt like I had done so much more of life because I had already been married and then had a house. I had a house, <laughs> I had the kids yeah. and just like had been through so much, um, but then for me, when I would have conversations with him, um, and I always surrounded myself by older people. So I had like a lot of mentors around me. And when I would have conversations with him and like ask him advice or talk to him, he like his opinion and his thought process was really lining up with what some of the other people that I surrounded myself with mm-hmm. had. Like I, I literally used to check, like, <laughs> yeah. are you making sense? You know, Um So I don't think that um, after I realized that, that we could really conversate and that, you know, he was more mature than his age, then I was in a space where I was like, okay, this is not really a problem. Um, And then I think I didn't really look like a whole lot older than him either. So People thought we were sister and brother. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that, That helped. Yeah. But how has it played I, a part? I think for me, I mean, I, I love the idea because, you know, at the time I'm a younger guy and uh, I was able to, you know, be attracted and can get that mutual attraction from somebody who was older than me. So 
for somebody who's like 26, 27, that's like, okay, cool. You know, um, I would say probably my, one of probably my fears that I dealt with during that time was that I can meet her expectation. You know what I mean? Because she experienced so many different things and I haven't experienced some of that yet. So I just wanted to make sure that I could be at the same level that, that she was at. So. We have a very similar story. Pretty similar, yeah. <laughs> I was a single mom in 30 when I met him. And you were? 24. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. So, very, yeah, all those kind of things. Very similar. So tell us about your engagement. How did you make um, those decisions? Well, we we dated for what almost a year. Yeah, almost a year before we decided to get married. So, at, at what point did you know that you were a couple? Oof, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I think in the beginning, um, you know, I was coming out of so many other things, and I I wasn't really anxious to jump into anything right away. Um, but then I. I begin to realize that um, I begin to realize that either I'm progressing towards something or I'm just like mm -hmm. wasting his time and I'm wasting my time. And I think some real serious decisions had to be made when we were. She wasn't trying to play no games. She she was already <laughs> coming out of a situation. So when we started dating, that's when we were a couple. Because <laughs> if I would even like be too friendly with somebody else. She's like, um, excuse me. Yeah, I was Who's that person? <laughs> I was definitely like not in a tolerating space yeah. for like for like any foolishness for lack of better words. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but I think I also had to, I think very early on, I also had to um and he came very serious to the relationship. He came very serious, but I think I also had to make a decision as to whether um I'm actually looking for marriage in this relationship mm -hmm. or if I was just you know, trying to make myself feel better. And when I saw that he was getting serious, I think that's when I, I was like, all right, you need to sit down and figure out <laughs> if you, mm -hmm. what you're actually doing. Yeah. And this is what you wanted or not. Right. Because someone, <laughs> because he hadn't told me that he loves me, but that someone, situation Someone kind of, it was, it's, it's like now it seems so immature, but yeah, there was, was someone. Mad. So the, a quick, quick story, funny, but not funny. Um, <laughs> we were texting back and forth and this is after we had been dating for a little while. And I think her, one of My her cousin, family members, her yeah. cousin was uh, spending the night at her house. So I'm texting back and forth with her and we got to, you know, um, talking about how we felt about each other. And so I got a text from her that said, you know, because I said, do you love me? She, she texted me back. Yes, I love you. So I re responded back and I'm like, all right, cool. Like my mind is like blowing up. Like she told me she loved me. <laughs> you know, this thing is real. So I told her I loved her. And then five minutes later, I get a text from her again saying, I'm so sorry. My cousin was texting you and she told you that I love you. And I didn't really say it. I was like... <laughs> He was so mad. I was so mad. He was so mad. But then that's when I was kind of like. So technically, I like, told her I love her first right. because she didn't really say <laughs> that. Right. Right. How, how did your kids respond to you guys telling them that you're dating now? 
They were fairly young. And I don't think we talk about this all the time. Um, We were in like a really like lovey dovey space where um, like, how could you not love this? How could could you not love our relationship? And um, and they were in that space, too, because I think it was fun in the beginning. Right. Because we were like doing a lot of everything. Well, yeah. Yeah. Everybody was on their best behavior. And so they really And I really think, too. Because they're girls, they were really sold on the fact that their mom was happy, you know, that she was really enjoying life. And they hadn't thought past that, you know, that if we get married, this means that there's going to be a new man, you know, kind of playing that role and that their their biological dad was no longer a contender, you know, as far as a relationship with her. Yeah. So, yeah. It was yeah. it really everybody was in fantasy. Everybody land. was happy in the in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to dive more into that, but you had said something that I think is really important. You said I wasn't going to take any type of shenanigans, no games. You know, and I think for women when we're when we're girls, you know, when we're in our late teens, early 20s, we don't have that in us yet. And we put up with way too much and we just want someone to like us. How did you get to that point where you're like, you know, I'm serious in my life. I'm a mom. I have to survive here and I'm not going to waste my time with someone who's, you know, playing games. How'd you get there? Um, definitely through experience, um, just being in bad situations over and over. It wasn't like one time, multiple times of, um, I would say, of heartbreak, of betrayal, of just like finding yourself by yourself. Um, and then just also having to um, be responsible for children. And so I think it it didn't really afford me to have time to play games, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, <laughs> I, you know, and then I will also say too, my relationship with God really begin to help me understand my value and my worth. And then it was kind of like, I was just like this, I don't have to settle. I don't have to settle for this. So it was a mm-hmm. combination, I think, of a lot of things happening yeah. at the same time, but me and me also getting tired yeah. of going through the same circle. Yeah. She couldn't afford to get into a situation like that. You know, right. I, I just didn't have any more for that. Like I, right. I really literally Breaking didn't have point. anything else to give yeah. to anything like that. So that's such an important part of the journey and developing as an individual person and then actually kind of being more ready to have a real relationship as opposed to when we're younger for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about co-parenting. How'd that go for you guys? <laughs> How is it going? Uh, it's good now. No. <laughs> Four of our kids are technically adults, so yeah. you know that um, works out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It, it, it goes through stages. I think it goes through stages. I think you have that honeymoon or that fantasy stage where your kids, you know, they envision, especially girls, will envision like this, you know, fantasy family where everything is fine, everybody just gets along. Then you go into a stage of, you know, well, this person's here to stay and I'm not happy about that, you know. Right. Um, then you go to, you know, depending on how the, the bio parent is and what type of character they have, 
you have to come to certain realizations that may not put your cope, your uh, bio parent in the best light. And that's hard to deal with, you know, and that could sometimes be shown in out, uh, outbursts, uh, in other areas, you know, so. It, yeah. it is so complex and the family dynamics in the United States nowadays, the, the leading family structure is the blended family. And yeah. there is no template for it. You know? Absolutely not. And, and we know exactly, you know, from firsthand experience. And uh, you just hang in there. We're empty nesters. And it, it is so wonderful right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we, we have it marked off on our calendar. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> one left. One left. And he's, and he's ours. So. Yeah. So it's different for him. It's, it's, a, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. Now, Akita... I heard that you were serious right from the beginning in the relationship. Now, was there, you know, past relationship experience that kind of led you to be serious right from the start? Yeah. So I've been through a lot of different relationships uh, before uh, we, we kind of met, but um, you know, as we stated, my, my son that I had, I was with his mother for some time on and off. And there were a lot of same experiences where we both kind of hurt each other. Um, we would try to work it out and it doesn't work. And then as I started getting older, see it's different when you don't have a child, you kind of take more risks with certain things. But then when you have a child and you get older, you start to think about like, where am I going with this? You know, And I, I think once we got um, connected, she was kind of done with it. I had not with my son's mother, but I just got at another long relationship that didn't end well. So I was kind of like, all right. And I said this to myself, I made a promise that the next person that I'm serious with and that I get married to, I'm gonna put everything I have into that relationship to make mm -hmm. it work. And it just so happened. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Caught him. But she caught me <laughs> right, right at that moment. And you know what, what really, what I would say, what really drew me to her um, that was so attractive to me is the fact that she knew her worth and mm -hmm. that she was not just a video game that I can just beat the level and go to the next round, you know, mm -hmm. like it was one of those things where it took time, it took effort. And, you know, we're chasers, you know, we're hunters, you know what I mean? So the, the, the hunt and the chase was um, was a challenge for me. So that really, really um, made it more worthwhile. That, that's awesome to hear. Mm -hmm. That is. That really is. It's interesting <laughs> that, that you referenced like video games. And that's one thing. We interviewed a sex therapist a couple episodes ago, and she was talking about the influence of technology on relationships, mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, gaming and distraction or pornography or things like that, that it really does turn other people into a character in a show and not a real yeah. person. And yeah. that that's really interesting. And I think, you know, I knew that and I grew up before I'm 50, I'll be 54 in a couple of weeks, um, before all the, the internet stuff happened. And you learned about love and sex from a real person and not from, you know, watching fantasy yeah 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 and so you know that's really awesome that you were able to like get beyond that because i think too often especially the younger women they they want to be liked and that's that they have to compete with all that so they're having sex really quick 
and they're not holding their space and they lack confidence and they lack that self-worth. So that's really awesome that, and I, I think those women need to know and the guys too, that there are men that want that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, men do want commitment. They do want a partner, someone that, that has their back. You know, those that are non-committal, you know, there's a lot of self-esteem issues that prevent them from really wanting to connect with anybody, right? Yeah. So, you know, the, I, the question came to my mind. Actually, I was, I was wondering, I imagine that being in the same church community was really helpful in in kind of bringing you guys together and having that guidance, you know, to be able to kind of facilitate that transition into a blended family. Yeah. 100%. Yes, (laughs) definitely. We had a really, really strong support Mm -hmm. system. Um, You know, people who genuinely wanted to see us succeed. And then people um, and the church that we were a part of was very, very big on marriage and family. Mm-hmm. And so like we did our premarital counseling, yep. we were up in the office when things weren't going well yep. <laughs> and um, just really. And a lot of the support we had were people who were married, but, you know, showing that fruit of a successful marriage, Yeah, you know, not to say that they were perfect, but they knew how to navigate through those things. Um, so when you're surrounded you know, I'm sure you guys know anytime if you want to be a successful business person or whatever you want to be, you surround yourself around people who are successful in that area. So that's, you know, we just were blessed to be in that situation. Yeah, again, that goes back to what do we really see in real life with real people, mm-hmm. which is yeah. kind of why we do the podcast, because, you know, you're not it doesn't it looks very pretty online and it's not <laughs> at all <laughs> for yeah. any of us. You know, it's it's a lot of work and yeah. the talk about the fruits of it are it's the most rewarding thing that you can possibly do is be a witness to another human being's life mm-hmm. and be there for them when they're down and when they're up. And um, we live in such a throwaway society that it gets down and everyone's to bail. And it's, yeah. you know, for people that are out there, you do need help. You need support. You can't yeah. do it alone. We're not, we're not designed to do it alone. Yeah, we've we've said in past podcasts that you know relationships today are much more difficult than they ever have mm-hmm. been, and part of that reason is that that dismantling of the community, and so mm-hmm. that's really awesome to hear that you guys had that community to be there as a support and you know as a resource for you too because you know there are a lot of people out there that are trying to do this on their own and they don't really have anyone to go to, you know, and and you can't if you do what you've always done you'll get what you've always gotten. Right. right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And and a lot of times, you know, people think that it's something wrong with going to get help or seeking guidance from people. And there there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that should be a necessity. Even when things are going well, yep. you yep. should still seek the help of other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Olympic athletes have coaches. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Tell them. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> so. You guys have benefited from other people kind of mentoring you, and now you guys are kind of offering that back out into the world. Tell us how you decided that and and what you guys are doing. Yeah, isn't it weird how that just cycles around (laughs) like that? Um, Yeah, so we, you know, one of the things that we kind of learned from the people that we seek advice from was to um, just kind of make sure that we communicate with each other, because that's the number one or one of the, the top issues with relationships is lack of communication. 
So we really pride ourselves in having what we call check-ins. <laughs> and um, just to, you know, get a pulse check, see what's going on with each other, discussing what's on our heart and all of that good stuff. Uh, but then life got in the way. You know, we were working and we started to kind of lose that factor in our relationship. Um, so I actually, I, I wanted to find a way for us to connect back together and to bring us back together and really discuss our issues. And how I wanted to do that was to create a platform where we can help others while talking about <laughs> our it issues. Really, it was really for us. <laughs> you know, so it, it, it had it had a little selfish ambition um, involved in it. But, you know, it when we started getting feedback from other couples and people who were looking to get in relationships and they were so moved and impacted by it, uh, we just continued on with it because we knew that in hindsight, we had a greater purpose than just ourselves you know right so that that's where we are right now where we have this platform where we just promote healthy happy and in love relationships and you know notice we didn't say perfect you know but really being able to talk about your issues we're very transparent in that way where we can talk about our issues and still be okay yeah. you know so. and i think another thing with us is that in the beginning of our marriage um we did a lot of things together. Mm-hmm. Like we did a lot. We were, um, at one point we were youth pastors doing events. Yeah. We did a lot of things together and we started like businesses together. And I think we went through a time period where we started separating a little bit. Like he was doing his thing and I was doing my thing. And I think the disconnect started mm-hmm. and uh, we used to, and we used to also have a podcast together. So those were things that like we used to do not intentionally, Right. But that intentionally brung us together, right? And then I think when we stopped doing that stuff, we we just realized that there was a disconnect, mm-hmm. and that's when he was like, "Like we need to, we got to do connect, something, right? It. We need to do something because like you're going over yeah. there, and I'm over here, and and um and so that's another yeah. you know, way that that conversation kind of got its kind of got started, and it just so happened to be like at the height of the COVID situation right. and we were just kind of like maybe some other people need like yeah our experience in this too yep yeah because yeah. yeah. um you know we we got to a place where once covid hit everybody was locked in the same house but even though we were in the same house we weren't like connected yeah it is really difficult you know to think about your forward progression and you know That's why we do the podcast, because how do you work on a relationship? So I want to put you guys on the spot for a second. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. (laughs) I want to watch you guys do your check-in. Oh, okay. (laughs) All right. So normally what happens is I send a little text like, you want to have a check-in tonight? Mm -hmm. Or he'll send. It's normally when she has a problem with me. That's when she wants to have that. We need to (laughs) check-in. Um, and that's really common. It's it's a lot initiated by women. Our brains are different. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and so we we normally wait until like the end of the day. You know, the, everything is business done. Business and everything. Yeah. yeah. And it's like you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ready? You ready? Yeah. <laughs> and then so it's just kind of like a, a debriefing of like what's going on. Sometimes there is an issue that I know that like there really hasn't been any good time to talk about it. And mm-hmm. there's always so much going on. Like you never really want to 
dampen the moment, yeah. right, with something that. But left unchecked, it could create, you know, a snowball effect for something worse. Yeah, right? yeah. But we normally, so we'll sit down. It's normally in the bed, and we'll we'll see who wants to go first. A lot of times we may pray beforehand because that <laughs> if we're good that helps to yeah <laughs> if it depends on how mad we are <laughs> we right. may not it might not happen <laughs> um but you know we'll pray and then you know we'll see who wants to go first and then if it's something that happened you know that she didn't appreciate or I didn't appreciate we'll just we'll be honest we'll you know make sure it's a safe space um we try to allow each other to finish each other's thoughts before we interject um yeah, we try, but I, I think it, it doesn't always. I, yeah, happen like I that. think what we're learning too in this process is that, like, because we also kind of position ourselves as couple coaches, we kind of know what to do. But it's different when you actually are feeling however you're feeling and things mm -hmm. are happening. And then I think you also use that, like, well, you know what to do. Why aren't you? <laughs> why right. aren't you doing that? Right. Um. So I think that it's also important to share that. We've, we understand that the technique is not so much important as the actual conversation, mm -hmm. like getting the information out. And, yeah. and if we, and there have been times where we're just, we don't agree. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, just like you said, getting the information out is always important because it, you're not always going to end on a high note. You know, we're not always going to agree but once you put it out there, like you see how difference it makes. You know, the next day, once you had some time to think about it, she may send me a text, you know, you know what, I'm sorry about such and such. Had some time to think about it or I'll send her a text, you know, well, uh, this is what I'm trying to work on. But when you don't talk about it, then it just continues to fester and gets worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Or we'll circle around and be like, yeah. we need to have another check in like next week because we we haven't really come to a common ground on this particular thing. Yeah. And so like, you know, what is going to be our next course of action? Mm -hmm. And then there are times when the check-ins are like, all right, you good. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Want to have a meeting about couples connect? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, it's, it's interesting you guys talking about that. I, I read this, this concept the other day. It was really interesting. It was about aging and the normal process of aging. And as our DNA strands start to, go through time, there are errors that are created on the DNA strands. And, and with those errors come replicating errors. And so as these DNA start to replicate, they create more errors. And over time, it becomes much more weak, right? And that's where we get susceptible to um, immune system issues and just the, the degradation, degradation of, of our bodies, right, over time. And I was just thinking about when it comes to a relationship, it's like a stitch in time saves nine, right? If we are actually addressing th things right when the problem is occurring, right when we have a feeling, right when there's an issue, right, then we are addressing it before it starts to replicate, before it starts to grow and become so much more of a bigger problem down the line, right? Mm -hmm. So that check-in that you guys are talking about is so important, right? Even if things are going well, it's like, how are you doing? You know, yep. and I feel great today, right? Or, yeah. or I'm not really feeling okay today. And maybe you don't even know the reason why, but you're at least sharing that with your partner and you're not allowing that distance to grow. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So on a scale of one to 10, if 10 is like 
a huge issue in the relationship, like almost a deal breaker type of issue. And a one is like, you don't even understand why your partner's even feeling that way. What is the average number that you guys would say the issues are when you're doing your check-ins? Um, and where is 11 in this? Is 11? <laughs> <laughs> Just a question, that's all. <laughs> what would you say? I think sometimes they're different for us. And um, so something could really be like a nine for him mm-hmm. and it might be a five for me mm-hmm. and, then some, and vice versa. And and I think that that's important to understand and the more reason why you need to have the conversations because something that um, may not be that big of a deal for me may be a big a big deal for him and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But on average, where would you say? And it, I think it also depends on the season because like marriages go through seasons and you may have like a tough patch for months and then go through months where it's just like yeah. you're- And it may happen just nine. like that, yeah. Yeah, so I think for us, I think it's more seasonal, mm-hmm. the number. Um, but even in that, I think sometimes we're at different different yeah. numbers with it. And that's why we have to talk about it. Yeah. I think for, for the most part, you know, maybe within the last couple of check-ins may, may have went closer to the seven, eight. Um, but we've had check-ins where, just like you said, we've kind of just talked about our day. You know, mm-hmm. it's been a busy week. Let me just fill you in. Um, but but yeah, it, it, de- it depends. It depends. Yeah, those are all uh, really interesting things because when they get to the bigger stuff, we can't not, right? Yeah. Or or we act out in really bad ways that are really toxic to a relationship. And when we start to focus on the ones that are the threes and the fours, you know, we, we like to talk about this concept of an iceberg. And so anything that bothers you is sitting on some history, mm-hmm. history that doesn't even belong to the other person, but it's something coming up for healing. And, you know, like it's advantageous to avoid physical pain, but it's advantageous to lean into emotional pain. Wow. And it's not fun, right? So you have to like make yourself do it. Um, But the benefits are just exponential, right? Then that's a great way to look at it. It is. You know? Yeah. Yep. I like that. We can definitely appreciate the fact that you guys are doing this to also help your relationship because, you know, we we often say that we can't preach it if we don't live it. Yeah. Right. And so we're yeah. we're constantly learning from the couples that we work with as well and you know we're working on our relationship every single day and we go through normal struggles like every couple does but you know I I think that we're able to kind of talk from a perspective of our own perspective and and also you know the experience in working with couples and it's really awesome to hear that you guys are are doing you know, something very similar. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we've learned probably, I don't know, early on to midway through that it doesn't benefit, you know, when we talk about areas that we're not aware of or we don't know anything about. Um, And it it just comes from a more genuine, transparent place when you talk about your own experiences, you Mm -hmm. know, and what you've learned from them, not making up, you know, these fancy (laughs) words to Mm -hmm. try to Say, this is how you do this. You know, sometimes we have conversations where we tell about our story and we say, well, we don't know the answer. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or we're still working it out, you Mm -hmm. know? 
And I think it's so, it, it does something, um, it, it helps us grow as individuals because sometimes there are podcasts where we're just learning so much or it's like right on time for mm-hmm. like a check-in that we have to have. And, and I think a lot of, you can, a lot of times you can forget um, in marriage, like the good things, especially if you're like, you have a issue that is like glaring at you, mm-hmm. you can forget all of the other stuff and like all the other work. Yeah. And so when we have conversations with couples, sometimes we got to go down memory lane. So that reminds yeah. us like, we've been doing this for a minute. Like yeah. we're, we're going to be okay. <laughs> we'll just get over this. Um, and then sometimes we have conversations where it's like a new insight or a new way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. And we're like, I'm glad we talked to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. we believe it or not, we, as much as we, tr- we try to help others, we gain a lot from the other couples that we talk to, you know, whether they, they know it or not, but just something they say, mm-hmm. their experience, how they handled it, you know, it's, it's a two way street, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do go through seasons and, you know, there's hormones play a huge role in that and <laughs> um, healthy couples fight exactly like unhealthy couples. The only mm-hmm. difference is healthy couples repair it and yeah. unhealthy couples don't. And that idea of of leaning into it and having those conversations that are difficult, even if you don't resolve it or have the answer, that's like nine-tenths of it because then you can at least, you know, you're thinking about it. And when whenever we don't talk it out, we get in our head and we just get this mental activity and turn the other person into a monster and it's terrible mm-hmm. and <laughs> and yep. not fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you guys learn as children in the homes you grew up in that is the same or different from what you guys are doing now in your relationship? Well, I grew up in a single parent home. So single child at the time. At the time. <laughs> um so I didn't, re- I mean, honestly, especially in my first marriage, I just mirrored everything off of the Cosby's. I mean, <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I mean, I really did, uh, which is kind of sad, right? Now <laughs> but um, so I didn't really have a gauge. I didn't even really know how women and men really interact, especially like in a marriage. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> I, I I will say uh, also probably the slightly you negative. A, you, you had like a, um, a a role model, I guess, from a, a man's standpoint growing up. So. I did, but I but like it's different when you observe somebody from afar versus living it, mm-hmm. right? And then and then I'll say, you know, with my mom it really, it kind of, what I took from that is very like strong, independent women, um, which can cause conflict when you're coming together Mm -hmm. um, in a marriage to um, even be like supported and taken care of. And just, so I think that, you know, that might have been unhealthy for the marriage perspective. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Yeah. <laughs> My turn. Uh, um, so I I grew up, I'm the youngest of three boys. And my parents, I was blessed to have my parents um, all all my life as I grew up. And, um, you know, unfortunately, my, my dad, he actually passed away uh, back in May. 
due to COVID. Um, oh, I'm sorry but to hear that. Just, yeah, thank you. But just, I mean, my parents were married since, or they, they were married since they were dating. <laughs> like they were, yeah, since high school, they were like, you know, meant for each other and they stayed married like the whole time. So they were really good example for me. And just the way they interacted with each other was very, um, you know, they, they kind of bickered and argued here and there, but like you knew they loved each other. Um, and my dad always like sacrificed for his family and just did what he could. He worked really hard. You know, he just, he provided, you know? So that's one thing I, I kind of took for that. And that's probably why I like, I'm like the way that I am, you know, whenever we're in a bind, you know, if I need to work two and three jobs, if I need to sacrifice a goal that I have to, to make sure I provide, like I'm, I'm always like, that's just in my blood, you know? One of the things you guys were talking about is, you know, when you're really upset, it's hard to remember the good stuff, you know, and our brains are designed like that. You know, if your house is on fire, you can't stop and hug and kiss goodbye. You know, right. <laughs> it's too hard to do because you're like, oh, we're in danger. And that negative energy travels so much faster than the positive energy. And it really is. Uh, it's Gottman that talks about mm -hmm. uh, negative sentiment override where couples really can get stuck in that. And you know, it, the focusing on the positive is so important because what we focus on grows. And what yeah. I find amazing about relationships and and being a human being is you don't know when you've hurt another person. Mm. Like if I came and stepped on your foot, that wouldn't hurt me at all. I'd be like, what are you complaining about over there? And it's yeah. it, we're just not designed to, you know, know that. You know, there, I'm sure I've, I've certainly had situations where I'll see someone I haven't seen in a while and they're like, something you said really bothered me. I'm like, oh, I had no idea, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that checking in is an important piece of that because it's so shocking and surprising to see when someone else is upset by something that was kind of a non-issue for you. And that's really normal. And, you know, not learning some of this stuff from your parents. And even though your parents were together, you know, your whole life, your relationship is probably very, very different than theirs. They weren't a blended family, you know, all yeah. sorts of different things that and everyone now, nowadays, we don't follow those traditional role models. And we have to all figure it out as a couple. How do you guys negotiate like who's doing what and how you guys are showing up in the relationship? Um, I, I don't know if we negotiated. We just kind of, <laughs> we just fall into the roles that kind of fit us. Um, One thing I'll say about Akita is that he was very, I think maybe because coming in younger um, than me, he was very much like, okay, if I don't know how to do it, it makes sense if you know how to do it, that you kind of fill me in or we kind of move in that space. And so I think it has always kind of been, like he said, like what makes sense for us? Like yeah. <laughs> what make like if I if you don't know if you're not really good at or you're not familiar with um, X Y and Z, and I know how to do it, okay, then I'll do it, and then vice vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think we just we we're a team. You know, when we met each other, we were business partners, so to speak. When you know, once we started dating, so we we knew that concept of you playing to your strengths, I play to my strengths, and you stay, you know, we stay in our lane, you know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense for me to try to figure something out and just disrupt the whole thing, just let you, you know, do what you do and I do what I do, but 
we're working at, you know, together. And then we had, we had the, um, I think we were pretty transparent about where we were and like where mm-hmm. we weren't. And then we had the premarital counseling that really like, if we weren't thinking about certain things, <laughs> oh, that yeah. really had us think, you know, about those things, but they, those things were never really like, we don't argue about that stuff. Like, did you take out the garbage? Did you take like, Mm-hmm. Those have never been washing the dishes. And like those have just, never you know, been issues for us. Yeah. So there's no power struggle, you know, over no. those. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What advice would you guys have for a couple that is considering becoming a blended family and there's kids involved? What would you say to them to help them on their journey? Um, I mean, one, I would say, and I know it's different for every blended family, but you know, just prepare yourself for whatever, <laughs> you know, if, if everything goes well, great, but don't be in a place where you're caught off guard. If things start to go up and down um, or if somebody's acting out because they are, are not taking well to, to the new, you know, family, like, you know, just prepare yourself for, for those things. Because what happens is, is when you're not, and they catch you off guard, you react off emotion, mm-hmm. you know, and you react off anger, you react off resentment, you know, did I make the right decision, all those types of things. So you don't want it to catch you off guard. You want to not expect it, but prepare for it for in the event that it that it happens. Yeah. And I think the other piece of advice that we give couples, whether they're blended or not, um, but really helped us as a blended family, uh, what we were told was that there's this circle Mm-hmm. And that it's you and your husband and God in the circle and that the children and the job and the finances and the bio parents and everybody else is on the outside of the circle. Yeah. And you just really need to make sure that your circle is tight because if your circle is tight, then you can deal with all the other things together. Mm-hmm. And so that really, really stuck with us. So we we did, I think that was marriage one-on-one for us. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the, that, that wisdom really helped us in the yeah. beginning because it helped us um, stay strong to not let other things infiltrate on the yeah. outside. And there were things <laughs> yeah. trying to yeah. infiltrate, but so I, that would be one piece of advice. And then also mm-hmm. something that we, we do admit that we probably didn't do too well is, um, Kind of get count. We got family counseling, but we waited until there was an apparent issue. Mm. You know, as opposed, yeah, Yeah. as opposed to incorporating some of the kids in that in that space. And I think Mm -hmm. really understanding that what we didn't really understand was that there was going to be a major life shift for them Mm -hmm. because we were like on cloud nine. So yeah. Like Akita said, yeah. just being prepared. Being prepared. We like she said, we didn't start looking into that and still until we noticed, you know, some of our kids started acting out. Right. You know, or, you know, just being in a, a really sunken place or dealing with identity issues or those types of things. So So your advice would be to be preemptive. And if you're yeah. creating a blended family, you know, don't wait till a problem happens, but really just talk about the transition and seek guidance you know, in yep. that transition. Even if it's during the engagement stage, mm-hmm. you know, when you're planning to get married, like set that preparation and that expectation up. And I think with kids, you can't, you can't always, even though they say everything's okay, everything's okay, everything's okay. You can't, 
You can't always mm-hmm. just take because they don't know okay. how to articulate it. Right. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're Un- like until they become a teenager, then they articulate <laughs> <laughs> everything. Yeah. Then you're gonna know. <laughs> but I think also just just being aware that as a parent, you want the okay. Mm-hmm. Like even if it even if you might be seeing behaviors that's not okay, if they're still saying okay because you really want this to work, you're gonna take that okay and just ride with it when it really Right. may not be okay with that. Right. So before we get to the last question, uh, tell us about, is it Couples Connect? Is that your program or your podcast or your business? Is yes. that what it's called? Yep. And how can people find you guys? So we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, Facebook is Couples Connect. And Instagram is Couples uh, underscore Connect. Right? Underscore Couples. Upple, underscore, underscore Couples <laughs> Underscore connect because the other ones were taken and I'm mad at whoever did it. But underscore couples underscore connect. Um, we do uh, we we house a lot of interviews with other couples. Talk about different areas from finances to communication uh, to you know starting a blended business families. to blended families. We have a really good video on that. Uh, even to uh, we spoke to another guy who um, went from marriage to divorce. And then going back into kind of the restoration phase. And that was a really good conversation as well. But yeah, and we also have an ebook out uh, called um, 10 Things. What's it called? It's basically 10 creative things, uh, 10 creative data, dating, ideas dating ideas during a pandemic and, oh, beyond. Oh. and beyond. And beyond. So and things are shutting down and, yeah. you know, you've done the same old thing over and over again. So we just kind of put something out there. It's a free ebook. Yeah. Yeah. We're just promoting fun, you know, and we do a lot of that too. Sometimes we do lives where we're just like playing games and yes. incorporating. We, we had a live. Them. We had a live recently where we um, gave each other, you know, different projects. So she drew a painting of me. Or I have never done this before. She's never done that before, and I had to make a song on the guitar on the spot for her. So. It was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was it, fun. If you got some time, you should check out what we did over lockdown. We oh, did wow. a meditation every single day, and <laughs> it lasted 76 days, and wow. it turned into these skits that we did every single morning. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, like, like day six, he comes out with his bowling shirt on. I'm like, why do you have a bowling shirt on? He's like, I can't figure out anything else to wear. And like we were like Batman and Robin and Popeye and Olive Oil and Star wow. Wars and all sorts. It's hilarious. It was so That's funny. Cool. That's <laughs> cool. yeah. You guys can check that out on... On our Couple Synergy page yep, on Facebook. On Facebook. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if you guys ever want to interview us, that would be fun. You can turn the tables on us. Well, <laughs> yeah. We're going to have tons of questions. We'll, yeah. we'll put you guys on the spot. All right. <laughs> okay, so last question. What is it that your partner does that you know they love you? You go first. <laughs> um, what What doesn't my... No. No. Um, <laughs> No, so so my my wife's love language is acts of service. So I know that she loves me when she just does those little things that says that she's thinking about me. Um, if she knows I've I've had a hard week or my job has been stressful, she'll go and pick up a card for me and write something really really nice. Um, if she goes to get something to eat, she'll ask me if I want something. Uh, you know, just those little things. If if I mention something, you know, oh, I need this, so I, 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 you know, I ran out of that or this. She'll go and she'll pick up 
uh, that for me without even me need to ask needing to ask her. So just lets me know that I'm on on her mind. Mm-hmm. And I would I guess I would echo the acts of service because it's like what makes me know that you mm-hmm. love me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so like say if there's you know I've been trying to get like the curtains up or trying to because we just moved and trying to get certain things up and I get a text and I'm like and he's like you know tomorrow we're going to do x y and z like the list of things <laughs> that mm-hmm. you know you know that I want to do so I think it's just like thoughtful things like that like you know I hear you you know yeah. I, I hear what you've been saying and I'm making time for what you've been talking about yeah or bothering me about <laughs> <laughs> Well, Akita and Leticia, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on Couple Synergy. This has been really fun. You know, that idea of, you know, staying on top of things is why we created a program called Connections. So it's couplesynergymethod.com connections. And every Tuesday night at 8 p.m., we we do a live seminar, a live webinar, just to keep everyone sort of thinking about things and growing. And, you know... Since the beginning of time, people have been sharing stories to grow and heal and bond. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we hope the same. Uh, Thank you guys so much for having us. We had a great time. Can't wait to have you guys on our show. Uh, But thank you. Thank you, all of uh, all of you, for joining us and listening to Couple Synergy today. Our passion is in helping couples have a happy and healthy relationship, and this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as the Couples Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.